You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of the Triple Name Sports Show. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Kelly. Joining me tonight, each and every week, none other than... The guy who knows who what Dragon Ball Z is and your jack of all trades, El Jefe Loco. And we are coming to you live from the beautiful campus of West Virginia State University, where we will be talking Triple Name Sports Show, Campus Edition. Um, and, you know, there was a little bit of technical difficulties as well. Last week's episode didn't get aired. Do apologize for that, but we are back and ready more than ever. Uh, it's Rivalry Week. You know, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way to not sound excited. Um, you know, it, it's rivalry week. We're going up against our crosstown rivals. You see, um, it's going to be a, a very exciting football game. I, I'm really looking forward to it, and and I can't wait. I know today's only Thursday, so I got a couple more days to get me through till then. But uh, it's coming fast, and again, super excited, and, and it's going to be a great game. Um, I know there's, they're working on trying to get the game over the radio. If you can't make it down, then definitely check that out, and we'll tweet out links to where you can follow the game live on on the radio or through the computer. But also, you know, if you can come down to the field, definitely make it out to this game. It's it's I know it's supposed to, there's a chance of rain, but um, that's football weather right there. Oh yeah, that's it's that. fall. It's rainy. Uh, two teams that hate each other. There's no love lost between these two. Yeah, no, and, and there's a lot of rivalries in the Mountain East Conference, but I would say just because of how close we are. I would say this is our biggest rival. I mean, they're across town, 15 minutes away. Yeah, you know, like I've said before, these two schools are literally polar opposites of, of each other. You know, you got State. State is da- is is basically the, on the other side of the tracks as UC. UC is downtown with all the, with all the city, you know, the city of Charleston and everything. Then you got State, which is up here towards the country a little bit more, and, and and then you got State, which is a public school. Then you got UC, which is a private school, and even the even the colors are basically polar opposites. <laughs> you know, you got State, which is basically black and gold, and then you got UC, which is Crimson and gold, I do believe. Yeah. Crimson and yellow. And it's just, they're, they're totally different from each other. Both mascots fly. Both mascots do fly, and <laughs> one of them will sting you. Yeah, and hopefully, and you know, this is the second game of the Canal, Frontier, Canal, Frontier Communications Canal Classic. Um, you know, UC took the, took the inaugural win last season um, at the University of Charleston's Ladley Field. Uh, there was a blackout, um, that's what our fans were calling it. Uh, they were passing out jerseys, and, and the campus was really hyped up for that game. Um, there was there was a blackout, and then you go to UC, and, and they, they had got a, the whiteout. Yeah, out. they had a whiteout, so it was yeah again polar polar opposites. But um, you know, there's a lot of lot of buzz. You know, no pun intended about about this game. Both teams are two and one. It's the first time in since 2008 that both teams, when they meet each other, will have a winning record. So and, and I mean that's huge. And also with the way the conference is going. Both teams, both West Virginia State and the University of Charleston, are still very much alive. I know it's an early season, but they're still very much alive in title contention. And, you know, of course, you don't want to think too far ahead. You don't want to look too big of a pitcher. But, you you know, you have to know going into this game, obviously, if you get a win, you if you're West Virginia State, you can even up the series in the Canal Classic. But also, you, you, you get to put a, a victory over your crosstown rival, um, something Coach Anderson has not been able to do, and his, this is his third season. They haven't been able to beat UC yet. And uh, I think this is, is Coach Anderson's best team that he's been able to put out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, no hands down, yeah. And coaching staff, they, they put in a lot of work. They've hit the recruiting trail really hard. 
and they brought in a, a lot of good, talented uh, athletes, uh, great student athletes, and you know it showed this week as a, there was a lot of love being thrown around for West Virginia State University. Uh, before we get too far into it, though, let's go ahead and get you caught up today on the upcoming game schedules. Obviously, we have the West Virginia State University football. They play on Saturday at 1 p.m. kickoff. Tom is, uh, and it'll be down here at the Lakin Field in the Institute. Definitely make sure you get down here and uh, check out that game. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be an exciting game, for <laughs> sure. Uh, the Yellow Jackets they get ready to face off against Crosstown Rival. You see, in a crucial early season game last year, UC defeated West Virginia State University at Laidley Field 28-10 in the inaugural. Game of the Canal County Frontier Communications Classic. Both UC and West Virginia State University are heading into this game after bounce-back victories after defeating Glenville State College and West Virginia Wesleyan College, respectively. And then we got the West Virginia State volleyball team. The West Virginia State vo volleyball team is in action again this weekend. This time around, they open up the start of MEC play. Game one will be September 25th at UVA-wise, and that game begins at 7 p.m. Game two will be September 26th, and that will be at Concord University. That match will begin at 5 p.m. And the the golf team, um, the men's golf team, isn't in action this weekend, but the men's tennis team is, uh, and, and they're going to be traveling to the Queen City, and they're going to be squaring off against Johnson C. Smith University, and the action begins in that one at, uh, at 1 p.m. on September 27th. So wish them luck as well. West Virginia State women's team faces off against West Virginia Wesleyan College on campus this Wednesday at 4 p.m. and then joins the men's team in Charlotte, North Carolina to take on John Johnson C. Smith University on September 27th at 1 p.m. And then we have last team that's in action for the West Virginia State University Athletics. Uh, we have the women's cross-country team is in action, and they're, uh, they're going to be racing down at UC. Uh, I told you it's rivalry week in more than one sport this week. Oh, yeah. As uh, they'll be taking a short trip down to Charleston to compete in the cross-country race hosted by UC, and that'll be taking place this Saturday. Uh, Pickums, again, last week's episode, it was eaten by the Internet. Um, the Internet just, I guess it was delicious and enjoyed that episode, so it's lost out there. Maybe one day we'll get it back and we'll play it. Maybe, be a, maybe it's in the deep web. It'll be a, it'll be a lost episode. <laughs> Um, but here's our picks so far because we didn't count last week's because no one heard it and we could have lied and just said we went perfect. Um, El Jefe Loco is at seven and nine, and I'm at nine and eight overall for our pickums. And I'll go first. I'm going to pick Urbana over West Liberty. Um, West Liberty University, I think they they're they're in some trouble. I mean they they lost to a winless Fairmont State team last week, and uh, just just really put in a poor performance with their backup quarterbacks and uh well from what I was reading today their their starting quarterback is still going to be banged up and not into the game as I think they said he was still in a walking boot for Dylan Lagarde so as long as he's out I think the the uh, Hilltoppers from West Liberty will continue to lose so I'm going Urbana in that game and, and Urbana's got a good team I think a lot of people overlook them because of their record um they obviously they just have the one win and that came against West Virginia State University but uh I you know, Bertie Shaw is is more than a competent quarterback. He's got some weapons on the running game. Um, they're not going to kill you like you know Ramon Lee. They're not going to torture you like that. But um, Ben Sasu is is a diligent runner. He can chunk out two three yards per carry and do that twenty times a game and just chew up the clock. And then you got um, Saunders, the the split back wide receiver who who's just electric both in the return game and in the receiving game. So I, I like that Urbana team. I know they they haven't you know won that many games this year, but I, I like the way they play. And then Saturday's games, we have West Virginia Wesleyan at Concord. I'm going to pick Concord in that one. 
Um, Wesleyan, you know, they, they struggled last week. They, they threw four interceptions to West Virginia State University. Um, they struggled to really get a lot of offense going. And we saw that just intensify when, um, when Casey's leading wide receiver was ejected for, on back-to-back unsportsmanlike conduct plays on the same play. On a kickoff. When Ross Kim um, got ejected. And because he was ejected, I do believe conference rules states that he can't play in this next game. So... Uh, Concord is is probably pretty happy about that because they took away the, one of the top targets for um, Casey and, and and the Casey and Kim connection was very lethal as they both played ball at, at University of Rhode Island before taking their talents to Weston. Um, but I, I'm going Concord in that game. I think they're going to win that one uh, fairly easy. Notre Dame at Shepherd. Um, Notre Dame beat did beat Shepherd last year. It's Shepherd's homecoming, so you know they're going to have to come out hot and come out you know looking for a win because if. If they let a team like Notre Dame hang around, Notre Dame can cause some problems. So uh, I'm going to go Shepard in that game, but I think it's going to be a lot close, closer than what people think. Then we have the uh, the rivalry game, University of Charleston at West Virginia State University. I'm going West Virginia State University. No, both teams are coming in hot off a win. Um, but in West Virginia State, you know, it, some people could say it's a trap game because of all the publicity and all the love that you know different players have been shown this week from various you know local and national media. But I think Coach Anderson has this team motivated. I think they're fired up. You know, a lot of these guys will be their third time playing against University of Charleston, and they're hungry for a win. And I think Coach Anderson is, and I think um, Coach John Pennington. Uh, you know, he's a stud. I mean, he's yeah. a legit stud. And so I, I really like this offense. He's got it humming, and uh, I think I think West Virginia State's going to win on that game as well. Then we have UVA Wise taking on Glenville State College. I think UVA Wise draws the short straw this week. They're another upstart team. Coach Dewey Lusk, you know, coaching a nice job. They almost came back and, and beat Robert Morris last week. Um, but, you know, just – or not UVA-wise. Excuse me, that was Notre Dame College. Um, but UVA-wise, you know, they're, they're going to be picking up against a, a team like Glenville State College who, you know, they're going to be fed up – they're going to be fired up after losing by one point to, to University of Charleston and picking up their first loss of the season. So I do not – I do not uh, – want to switch places with UVA Wise in this week. So I'm going to go Glenville State in that game as well. So just to recap, I'm picking Urbana, Concord, Shepherd, West Virginia State University, and Glenville State College. Now, sir, I cede the floor to you. I'm pretty much going to pick every pick that you picked except for one. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Okay. And that is the Thursday night game with Urbana against West Liberty. I think West Liberty is going to take this one. It's going to be close. It's going to be really close. But I honestly think West Liberty's got this because – you know, and well, I have heard over the broadcast that we have put out that that stadium can get can get loud. Mm-hmm. Oh it's yeah, a, it's a Thursday night game under the lights, and it gets it gets those games are very exciting. So, and plus, West Liberty's coach, he just looks like an awesome dude. Yeah, he seems like a really <laughs> nice guy. I would like he seems like a guy like you would love to go like just hang out with and go on a fishing trip with, Coach George Willi. Yeah, like he just seems like a really laid back guy, and um. But I, hopefully, yeah, hopefully they're able to get get things turned around up there in West Liberty, and uh, you know I I could see it going that way. I yeah, see yeah. West Liberty I, I, but I think it's I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. All right. So again, tune in next week to see if uh, it, how close we were in our predictions, uh, and see see if we got them right or if we got them wrong. And definitely feel free to tweet us um, at Triple Name Sports Show on Twitter if you want to participate in these in these um, predictions. You can send us our the you know the games. That you're picking, and if you have any insight or any predictions, just go ahead and tweet us. Again, that's Triple Name Sports Show on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 
Now it's time for the weekly rewind. Alrighty. Uh, you know, first things first. Uh, I think we we should talk about the the state game over West Virginia Wesleyan. Takeaways from that game. I'll, I'll go. I'll let you go first. Takeaways from that game. Um, it was it was very it was very back and forth in the first in the first half. I will give them that. Wesleyan really was putting up a fight, mm-hmm. in the, and because you know they came there, they came in there and they was fired up. Western State was fired up. You know they was they was upset the week before because you know they lost to Urbana, and Wesleyan was going into this winless. Mm-hmm. So you know they they was fired up, and it was it was a back and forth game. It was a really good game, you know. But then you know we get to the second half, and Ross Kim gets gets ejected. You know, same play. It's a it's it's a kickoff, you know, but he. And I even said it early in the earlier in the second half. I was like, you can see the momentum is changing yeah. rapidly. And I, and you know, ultimately, I was right. You know, state came out there. They just basically dominated the the board after that. And it was it was pretty much just right off into the sunset. And let's go get some KFC. <laughs> um, it was a little Caesars that day. Yeah, it was a little Caesars <laughs> instead of KFC. Um, but you know, I totally agree with you on that. Um. I was pretty. I was really impressed with Casey's quarterbacking skills for Wesleyan. Um, their running back, Mark Anderson, small in stature, but he, you know, he was a pretty. He he proved to be a pretty good running back. Uh, turnovers hurt us a little bit in that game. You know, we we had two back to back fumbles on goal line drives uh, where where I, I think they were both from Barrett as well, Kelvin Barrett. Um, you know, on goal line the. The refs, you know, blew the whistle and then signaled a fumble, which you really I'm, can't signal a fumble once the play is over with. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this, yeah. All right, and I normally, you know, don't you don't bash the refs, okay? They they may see something. Let's just talk radio. You can, yeah, you can bash refs here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna bash these refs because there's a lot of lot of horrible, horrible calls in this. And they were against both teams, too. It wasn't just, you know, we're sitting here saying, oh, they were calling terrible for State. There were some missed calls and some bad calls that were thrown to against Wesleyan as well. You know, one of the the worst calls I've seen was the fair catch call. Yeah, that was was a really messed up call. And and if you didn't get a chance to listen to the game, um, I think it was the the third quarter, uh, Quentin Gray was getting ready to return a a kickoff and... That was a punt. Or a punt, and... uh, one of the one of his upfield blockers turned around and made a hand gesture. Didn't and I always assumed a, hair, a fair catch was when the arm was up above the shoulders, yeah, in a waving motion or anything like that. Because I've seen him do it when you just I don't know why I'm doing the motions. Nobody can see us, but you know I've always said that we should put a camera. <laughs> we should we should periscope this. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know I always I was always under the impression that it was whenever you threw your hand up above your shoulder or made any motion like that. Yeah, uh, I thought if you know if you had your hands below your waist or anything like that, you could move them because I mean you can't just stand still. You can't stand stationary without moving your hands. Um, it's just not natural, but you know when they when they whistled that dead, it was it was really strange. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. You know we, we we try not to go to the airways and, and bash the refs because it is a tough job being down yeah. there. You know, no matter what, somebody you're gonna leave that game. Somebody hates you. Yeah. Because there's you can't leave that game and both fans. But you know what? Kudos to those guys. Those guys kind of called a nice fair game because somebody ultimately is gonna be upset over a call. Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely correct about the there was some questionable calls and they were again not saying that they were just going against state or they were just going against West Virginia Wesleyan. They were questionable calls thrown for both sides. Um but also one of the guys that I was really impressed with 
Stevie Gomez. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got three picks through three games. He had two in last week's game. And, you know, last year, this young man was working in a Tesla factory out in uh, San Francisco. That's where he's from. He had played he had played ball and took some time off. And he had always had this dream. I, I read the article earlier today. It was in the paper. Um, and he took some time off and was working the, in this Tesla factory. And he still had the fire and the desire to, to play football. And, and he took a chance and sent out some some tape to West Virginia State. And took a, I mean, that's a huge chance coming from California yeah. to West Virginia you know the the metropolis that that is institute west virginia you know taking that big <laughs> that big jump right there and um i think coach anderson couldn't be happier you know he's the, he um Steven he shows Gomez, hard out yeah the field. yeah he's shown tremendous heart out on the field he he seems like a great young man um he's a senior so this is his, his final ride and uh, i think it it is so far it's worked out for both parties you know coach anderson and the staff and also gomez you know he's he's came to state and he's bald Another guy who who had a really coming out party, uh, Tyrell Henderson, the big um, freshman wide receiver, just just made uh, mincemeat out of that secondary for Wesleyan. You know he had the one long touchdown grab, but other than that, I mean, like he was just just constantly beating two man coverages and just just getting open and, and proving that he's going to be tough. At the uh, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, he's only going to continue to improve. So again, those are my two guys that I really kind of opened my eyes to this West Virginia State team. Uh, and then you had Kinnick, who threw for 434 yards. That's the most in the Mountain East Conference, and that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty yeah. impressive on, on any level. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those three guys right there, great games. And, and I feel bad for, for signaling out those three guys because there were so many other players who had phenomenal games, but those guys, I think, are the, the top three players from that game. Um you know, then also just moving on so that way we're not only talking football. Because I'd love to talk football. For, I could talk football for like six hours. Yeah, so could I. <laughs> but we'll move it on. Um, women's cross-country team, they finished 10th out of 11th last weekend in Berea, Kentucky. Uh, you know, I know it's not, you know, it, it. I know people are like, oh, 10th out of 11th, that's that's terrible. But this is a upstart program. There's, I think, like five five young ladies on the, on the cross-country team. Um, they're mostly basketball players, and they're coached by – the uh, women's basketball coach, David Smith, and but you know these these young ladies they go out each and every race and, and they give it their hardest and I think the the university needs to uh, support them and, and they do a good job of, of of throwing them support as well. So again, just congratulations, ladies, and just keep working at it. Yeah. And then we got the stud of the week, a little bit late, but Dennis Gordak, also known known as what we call him, the Terminator. Terminator, the finger, whatever you want to call the ter- him. The football machine. Yeah. And I mean, um, for his performance against Urbana University, this uh, I, I, I live in the same dorms as Dennis, and I lived, <laughs> I lived right across from him last year. Yeah. And all you ever heard out of his room was techno music. Yeah. And I, I talked to one of the coaches at the banquet about it, and he said, well, he said he listens to a lot of techno music when he's working out. So he's probably in there working out. I was like, well, then he's doing it all the time. Yeah. Like, he, he's on the bottom four now, so he's under me. Yeah. And I could still hear techno music coming from his room all night long. He's and a beast. He is. And it's just, it's, it's fun to watch him. And like I've said time and time again, the kid is a football machine. There is no quit in him. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he—he he is the Terminator. There's no, no, he's a—he's a T one thousand. 
and you know, the, the stud of the week, it came from a, a site called Hero Sports, and you know, it, it, it's nice that the Yellow Jackets are finally able to get some national recognition, let alone, you know, regional coverage and local coverage. They're, they're finally out there getting national attention, and, and you know, Dennis is very deserving of it. Um, did you get a chance to read the interview of, uh, on that I, site? I, I haven't. I highly suggest, t- check it out, that um, I, we've tweeted out the link from our, our Twitter account. But uh, you reading the interview, you will instantly, if, if you're a fan of football and, and if you've seen Dennis play, you you just love the love the guy. I mean, like he, I mean that's really weird to say, but you know he but he in plays the football yeah, aspect. Yeah, he plays the game with so much intensity and so much passion, and just is a, a really really interesting story. Um, I know I interviewed him last year, his freshman season. Um, it, it was after the first game, and he just just completely interesting young man, and uh, just it's going to be a real pleasure to continue to watch him just continue to dominate the Mountain East Conference, and hopefully one hopefully he doesn't you know take over the world like like Terminator tries to, because uh, he, he's a, he's a bad man. If if, I, if it gets to that, I'm I'm staying in Dawson. All right, I'm not even leaving my dorm room. Just lock the doors. I, I and you know you're just going to hear him walking by and taking no music. I'm nope. I'm not stepping out. I am not stepping out. The second Yellow Jacket to uh, get some national coverage this week is quarterback Matt Kinnick, and he was named to Brick Box to Row National Player of the Week, um, and he he's featured on the Box to Row website, and that's boxtorow.com, as Brick Box to Row's <laughs> National Player of the Week, <laughs> and he will also appear as a guest on the National Sports Talk Show from the Press Box to the Press Row with Donald, Donald Ware this week. Uh, the show can be here, heard on Sirius XM Channel 142, Saturdays from 12 to 1 p.m., all right, and again, that was uh, Kinnick's interview, and it was featured on the Box to Row. And again, check out that show. They they do a really good job of um, highlighting different players from a, around the country. And, and, you know, a lot of school, a lot of, you know, mainstream media, they cover, you know, your big schools, your Power 5 conferences from Division One, And they don't really usually show a lot of love to, to Division Two, Division Three, NAI, junior college, stuff like that. Uh, so this is huge. Again, the sky's the limit for this state team. Uh, they're getting a lot of national love, a lot of local love, and and it it's really refreshing to see. And um, with that, we're going to name well, we're not going to name the the West Virginia State University athletics webpage has named it two Yellow Jackets of the week, and I will let El Jefe Loco give you the first one, and I'll give you the second. There ain't no surprise to who the first one is. Matt Kinnick had a big game this last weekend, throwing for a career high 434 yards and three touchdowns against West Virginia Wesleyan, and did not throw an interception in his third straight game. That's pretty impressive right there. That's really impressive. You know, he's, I think he, only he and another quarterback in the conference are the only ones that haven't thrown a pick yet. Well, Casey ain't one of them anymore. Yeah, Casey, Casey was perfect, a member of the perfect club until till last weekend when he decided to cough up four. Yeah, when he met Stephen Gomez. Yeah, when he met Stephen Gomez and decided to give him two interceptions. Uh, and the, the female athlete of the week is Brittany Franco. She finished runner-up in the top division at last weekend's Greater Cincinnati Invitational, winning three matches. Um, uh, tennis team is, is very is the women's tennis team is very uh, very dominant. Um, they're they're very exciting to watch. And Coach John Sims does a heck of a job getting the talent in here in Institute. And uh, the girls are are phenomenal athletes. They're they are um, just they lights out tennis players, and, and they've continued to dominate the Mountain East Conference since the inception of the conference. And that's going to do it for the 
Athletes of the Week. I don't know why that was so awkward to say, but that's going to do it for the Athletes <laughs> of the Week for from the Western State University. And and the, before we go, we're going to wrap it up with the final minute of the show, the Mountain East Minute. NBC had two players earn national honors and WDSU received some love from the national media with Dennis Garduck being named the D2 Hero Sports Stud of the Week for defense and Matt Kinnick, QB Matt Kinnick, was selected Brick Box to Row National Player of the Week. That's a bit of a tongue twister. That, that really is. Uh, you know, when I, I every time I typed it, I was like, that that can't be right. And that, I mean, that's that's correct, but it's it's a tongue twister. Oh, yeah. For the third time this season and ninth time in league history, the MEC has two teams ranked in both major D2 polls. Shepard at number 16 in the AFCA poll and 17, number 17 in D2Football.com and Concord at number 19 in the AFCA poll and number 23 in the D2Football.com poll. And for, for our listeners out there, I really suggest if you're a huge football football fan, um, the D2Football.com, they have, they have forums, um, message boards and they they're highly entertaining um they have and it's broken down into super regions they also have other sports they have basketball baseball um and various other other forms that you can get on there but the the division two like they have they have pickums they have you know conference news and stuff like that so again if you're looking for some um division two football news that what better place than to go than d2football.com and check out their forums it it gets me through the long summers sometimes <laughs> um, the MEC has also announced uh, the creation of the league's first podcast. The plan for each episode is to feature interviews with players, coaches, and administrators, and press conferences from around the league. The podcast can be found on iTunes as well as on the MEC's SoundCloud page. So, sign of changing times, um, keeping up with the with the big conferences and, and putting out a podcast. I enjoy podcasting. I, I love it, and I haven't got a chance to listen to the to the conferences podcast yet. I enjoy listening to the the Thursday night games um, with Rashid Marshall and uh, Travis. I don't remember his first his last name, um, but they do a really good job doing the the commentary for those games. And uh, just really really happy with the the conference and how they're progressing. Um, so you know, again, huge shout out to Reed Amos and the rest of the rest of the conference bigwigs because you guys are definitely getting this thing going in the right direction. And now the MEC Players of the Week. Men's soccer is up first, and I'll let since I know you love soccer, I will let you give us you our, know, your soccer player you know of the week. I love soccer. Our fans definitely know that I love me some soccer. You are a soccer super fan. I'm like the John Madden of soccer. He he is, folks. He's he's highly entertaining when it comes to soccer. So I I, I wish our university had a soccer team because Ofe Loco could can break down some soccer film like no other. <laughs> Just hey, I wish uh, we had like the tele- the teleprompter yeah. thing that, that John Madden said. Boom! Right here, he kicks the ball. <laughs> boom! Right into the goal. Oh, boom! The goalie gets it. I would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> the offensive player of the week, Urbana University's Mike McFarland. I wonder if he's related to Seth McFarland. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'd like to ask again. <laughs> Mike Farl- Mark McFarland, if you're listening, are you related to Seth? And if you and if you are, see if you can get me an autograph. McFarlane, the senior from Haddington, Scotland, scored three goals as the Blue Knights picked up a pair of conference wins. McFarlane scored a brass in Urbana University's 2-1 win over Concord and then headed in a goal to help Urbana knock off number 7 Notre Dame 3-2. to 
He has four goals already this season, matching his career-best season total. Then, we have the Defensive Player of the Week. University of Charleston's Connor Branson. Branson, the senior from Pontefract, England, helped the, no, the number two Golden Eagles to a 3-0 shutout win over Seton Hill in their only game of the week. He also tallied a goal and an assist against the Griffins. A little international flair there on, on the soccer. Is, is, you know, you, you just can't beat European soccer players. They're, I mean, that's it's their bloodline. I, 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 I want to go to the, the World Cup. I would love to go to the World Cup. I, I do. I, want, I, would, I, would go to, I would go to the Women's World Cup. I don't care. The Women's World Cup this past year, um, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't watch it all. I watched the championship run that the United States went on, and I watched the game, and they just dominated. And to be honest, I, I can't get into soccer unless it's World Cup. I just yeah. can't do it. And to be fair, uh, and I know broadcasting is a very hard thing. We, we know we do it. It's sometimes hard to get into games or whatever. But I love, 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 love listening to the Spanish announced teams. <laughs> For World Cup soccer, because I could be in the other room, and I did that when when the men's World Cup was on. I would be in the other room doing dishes or doing whatever else I need to do around the house, and I'd just have it on in the living room. Well, you could hear by the way that the the you know I don't I don't speak very um, much Spanish, but you could tell by the way that they were speaking and the 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 pace and the tone, something exciting was about to happen. So I, whatever I was doing, I just whenever I heard the the rapid pace of speech, I would just drop whatever I was doing and go to the living room and just just watch in awe. Uh, and I, th- I don't know, just something about uh, Spanish announcing, uh, Spanish announcers for soccer is just, just amazing. I think it's, I don't even care if you speak Spanish, like, you have to be able to recognize the true beauty that is that. Yeah, I mean, because it's amazing. Um, but abs- I, I would love to go to a World Cup. I would, I would absolutely love to. Whether I was a fan, a commentator, working, doesn't matter. I would love to do it. Um, women's Soccer Offensive Player of the Week. Notre Dame College's Jillian Doss, Doss, the sophomore from Washington Township, Michigan, scored a goal in each of Notre Dame College's contests last week. She put the Falcons on the board first against West Liberty in a game that ended in a 1-1 draw and had the decisive tally in a 1-0 win over Urbana. The Defensive Player of the Week, UC's Alice Broadbent, Broadbent, the sophomore from Tamworth, England, helped UC to a 3-0 shutout over Fairmont State. In addition to keeping the Falcons scoreless, she also added an assist on Charleston's second goal on the afternoon. So, congratulations to those four uh, athletes right there named soccer's, or named offensive and defensive players of the week, respectively, for men's and women's soccer. And then we got volleyball. The player of the week is Fairmont State University's Mackenzie Harrison. Harrison, the sophomore from Twinsburg, Ohio, filled the box score with 70 digs, 49 kills, and 10 total blocks and five aces as the Falcons went 2-2. Two and two. On Saturday, she had an 18-kill, 25-dig performance against Seton Hill and a 15-kill, 13-dig outing against Shippensburg. On Sunday, Harrison tallied 16 total kills and 32 total digs as the Falcons picked up straight-set wins over Slippery Rock and Cootstown. Moving on to football, the Offensive Player of the Week, West Virginia State University's own Matt Kinnick. The sophomore from St. Clairsville, Ohio, led the Yellow Jackets to a 52-31 road win over West Virginia Wesleyan. He completed 27 of 40 passes for a career high, 434 yards with three touchdowns and no interceptions. Defensive player of the week, Fairmont State University's linebacker, Marcus Porter. Porter, the sophomore from Akuki, you've done this to me on purpose. (laughs) Akuki... Maryland did all he could to help ensure his team their first victory of the season as he recorded nine total tackles, seven solo, and an interception, and he returned 
69 yards for the touchdown and the spark of life his team needed. Special Teams Player of the Week, UC's Brett Beans, this junior from Boca Raton, Florida, handles the kicking and punting duties for the Eagles, remaining perfect 4 of 4 on the day for PATs and adding a 22-yard chip shot field goal. He also averaged 40.9 yards per punt in the game as he helped the UC Golden Eagles defeat Glenville State College 31-30. And then we got men's cross country. UC's Kevin Cherrick, the junior from Forked River, New Jersey, helped the Golden Eagles to the team championship at the 45th annual Patty Forgy Invitational hosted by Rio Grande. Cherrick finished second overall in the 8,000 meter race with a time of 27.41. A lot faster than I could. <laughs> Women's cross country, uh, Willing Jesuit University's Kelsey Chambers, Chambers is a sophomore from New Cumberland, West Virginia, finished 91st at the 2015 National Catholic Invitational hosted by the University of Notre Dame. She ran the 5,000 meter course in a time of 19 minutes and 20 seconds, averaging 6 minutes and 13 seconds per mile. Again, much much faster than either one of us could run oh, on yeah. a mile. Oh yeah, but we really are hard on ourselves here on the Triple Name Sports <laughs> Show. Like like honestly, we need we need a personal trainer in here just to do just to be hard on us so we don't have to do it to ourselves. <laughs> All right, we don't have to self inflict this 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 punishment. Yeah, this punishment onto ourselves because we are some husky fellas. We are we <laughs> husky guys, but uh, you know winter's coming, so it, it it's husky guy weather. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, I love it. I'll just I'll be walking around with my shirt off in the winter because <laughs> I'm I'm just so big. I'm I'm out there like a big polar bear. They'll think like I'm I don't know, the abominable snowman is here in institute <laughs> or a yeti just walking through the middle of campus. Yeah, next thing you know, you're going you're going to see one of the campus security come by and hit me with the tranquilizer door. <laughs> Sell you off to like a a, a, a museum. Everybody, at Mobcast Network and Old States come back. Wait a minute. Where did El Jefe go? And then I'm just saying, like, the, I'm at, like, the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> just hanging out. Yeah, just, what's up, guys? They, they feed me peanuts at noon. <laughs> Don't you mess this up. They give me a lot of peanuts. <laughs> you still have the weight up, boss? I found my vice. <laughs> okay, moving on. We got the women's tennis team. <clears throat> UVA-wise is Dario. I, I am going to butcher this. Tashinko? <laughs> All the way to Tashinko. Tashinko, a native of... Oh, I'm going to butcher this one as well. Kirovogrod, Kirovogrod, Ukraine. I butchered that. Opened the week by rallying from a set down to pick up a non-conference win against Milligan College. She then extended her winning streak to four with singles wins against Shepard and Fairmont State. Tashinko also went 2-1 on the week at number one doubles. And that's that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, it's rivalry rivalry week here in Institute. My, my butcherness is just it is it's, up it's on rubbed you. off onto me. Um, it's rivalry week. We're going up against Crosstown Rivals. You see, definitely make sure you come out and check out uh, the Yellow Jackets as they get ready to defend the Hive and look to pick up their first home win of the season. Look for um, very exciting, hard hitting game, and hopefully you can come out to the stadium and check out the game. If you can't, make sure you tune in and check it out on the radio. Or uh, if the live stream is going, check it out on there as well. Uh, and there's a lot of, again, we highlighted the, the rest of the athletics um, upcoming weekend. So definitely there's a lot of stuff going on on or around campus. And uh, just, just get out and support the Yellow Jackets. Um, you can follow the show account on Triple Name Sports Show at Twitter. Or at Triple Name Sports Show on Twitter. You can also follow myself, Aaron Lynch Kelly, on Twitter at PageantDad88. 
You can follow me on Twitter at ElJefeLoco95. This week, are, uh, you can also follow us on the Mopcast Network. You can follow them on Twitter at Mopcast Network as well. And, uh, you know, again, if you haven't checked out the Mopcast Network, do so. There, there's a lot of great shows on there. There's, there's a, it's a network created by students at West Virginia State University, and it celebrates fandom. Whether you're a fan of football, a fan of 80s, 90s movies, there's the Bros, Booze, and Movies bar, um, podcast. There's if you're a video game fan, there's a podcast for you. There's there's podcasts for each and every fandom out we, there. We we talked about this last night. Mm-hmm. Me, Scotty, and Eric, who is on Memory Card Radio, we talked about this. You know, we don't have an anime podcast. Yeah. So if you're interested, if you love anime, I'm sure the network. I'm sure Scotty would love it. Reach out to Scotty White on Twitter if you would if you're a student and you want to host the anime podcast. Also. The one year anniversary is coming up. Yeah, it's coming up fast. It's October 9th. They're gonna we're gonna be having a, a get together over. I think it's gonna be over in Cole. Um, and once information about that is is more readily available, we'll definitely send that out there to you. And you know, again, just just support your local university. However, you you feel you need to do that. Whether it's coming out to games, checking into podcasts, whatever you do, just keep doing it. And uh, just yeah. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Morris's Barbershop, located in Spring Hill, West Virginia, um, home of, of really great haircuts since 1962, and um, just a really a really great place Aaron to go. Coach Kelly right here gets his haircut. Yeah, there, I get so. my haircut there all the time, and I have since I was a kid. Um, great, great guys there, uh, and they can do anything. They can do traditional flat tops. They can you can call ahead and make appointments, and they'll they'll put styles in your hair. Whatever you want to do, those guys, I highly recommend them. I know there's a lot of barbershops in South Charleston, West Virginia, but the only one that I let get near my beautiful head is, is Morris's. So I, I highly suggest them. And, and that's going to do it for us today. Uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed the show, and don't check us out again next week. Network.